Hey, how you doing? There's a car going by. Another one. There's another one going by. Who knew? Who knew that walking the street, cars go by? But, uh, you know, the other night talking about the, like, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole two-hour thing again. Famous last words, but, you know, kind of like what people used to refer to as hipsters, which were people that were emulating something. They were emulating people with strong aesthetic preferences and taste in certain things that you're not going to find everywhere and anywhere. And how what people referred to as hipsters were kind of an emulation of those people. And then talking about how that's, you know, as, as people have stopped identifying that, it's gone hand in hand with, like, the thing that those people were emulating has gotten fewer and far between. And then those people who were emulating everything have just become the new norm. Like, their fashion, their general of being just kind of melted into the, into, uh, the way a lot of people are today. And how I, I was talking about how nerds were kind of the same thing. Where being a nerd usually was something very distinctive. And then we went through this phase where like a girl with like blonde hair and sandals. Don't know why that's my example. But a girl with blonde hair and sandals, you know, in 2013 would be like, I'm such a nerd. Dude, I like Star Wars. And how that just sort of melted into everything else as well. There's so many fucking cars, man. I'm by the mall. I don't normally walk here. I never walk and talk over here. Because you got to keep an eye out. But, uh... How, like, what it meant to be a nerd. Like, found this newfound acceptance. And... I mean, I, I didn't mention this in the last episode, but there was this period of time where all of a sudden all these people were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I knew all these people who were uh, suddenly playing, people who had never played, I've never played it. I've never played D&D in my life, never once. I don't think I ever will. I don't think I'll ever play Dungeons and Dragons. But there was like a whole new generation of people who were in their 20s who are kind of like, I'm playing D&D, and that was, it's cool, whatever, I, I'm sure it's a lo- I would love it, I'm sure, I like role-playing, but then that, you know, it just, that, I, these things that used to be considered the epitome of what it is to be a nerd, just, like, like, more and more normal people were kind of doing those things, and also kind of posturing about it, like, like, there was this sort of nerd pride, But what was funny about it is this nerd pride was coming from people who weren't even actually nerdy. (laughs) It was was like the people who were like, I'm such a nerd, isn't that crazy? Like they were people who weren't even nerdy. And how that coincided with everybody using the internet all the time. Like something that used to be considered really nerdy. You know, I mentioned this story a million times because I never forgot it. But I was hanging out with a couple friends and like one of them mentioned checking his email every day for some reason and this other friend was like you check your email every day this is in like 1999 or 2000 and i remember like my friend who was a cool guy like a popular guy and everything he got kind of you could tell that he he, he kind of felt ashamed and uh 
You know, because somebody would say that to you. You check your email every day, and now it's like people are checking their email every second. Your emails go directly to your phone. And so this this sort of like pseudo-nerd pride where like not very nerdy people were being like, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I'm such a nerd. I've seen every Star Wars movie. Like that's Oh man, you've seen <laughs> the most one of the most popular movies of all time. But then how that coincided with everybody being online all the time, it just being integrated into who we all are. And more and more adults playing video games all the time. Something that used to be associated with children. You know, more and more adult men, like dads play as many video games as their sons do. You see dads wearing Star Wars, matching Star Wars shirts with their kid, and that's normal. That's not weird or nerdy, that's just a normal thing you see. I see it every single time I go to the store. But the other side of that that I didn't get into, and this is my favorite subject, as anybody who listens knows, but Wiggers. Because that was another one of these identities that emerged when I was growing up, and you know I've said enough about it. Um, but before I get into that, what I will say about these other identities, like whatever people thought a hipster was, whatever people thought a nerd was, I like those kind of enter, like, like everybody is that way now. Everybody has qualities of that now. Not every single person, but it's, it's very much just a part of our normal culture now to be kind of like that, but it's kind of a half-assed version of it. Because when things do kind of enter into normality, they almost always become a very half-assed version of that thing. And sometimes those things were half-assed to begin with. So what we're dealing with now is a very quarter-assed version, if that. But, you know, another one of those was, you know, the idea of the wigger. And as I've mentioned before... I can't even talk shit about like the the, the full-on wiggers that I knew growing up. They were like these clowns that you were afraid of. And even though they usually weren't tough, like even though they usually didn't come from that bad of a background, like maybe they were a latchkey kid. Maybe they had a single mother. But I remember being surprised to find out that some of them actually came from nuclear families, stable homes. Not that that tells the whole story. But even though they were posturing like they were these tough street kids, like I was, like I learned very early on, you know, wannabes are the people you have to be afraid of sometimes because they have something to prove. So the fact that they were these wannabes meant that they were often mean. Like I never had any problem with them. Like I never, I never had any issue with any wiggers. Like they never, they were never mean to me. But they had this sort of vibe around school in 1998, 1999, where like people didn't want to mess with them because they had a chip on their shoulder. They had something to prove, especially the ones who didn't actually come from a tough background. So they were like these tough clowns, like they looked ridiculous, like incredibly baggy, sagging pants, hats tilted to the side. Wearing all these colors, like wearing yellow, wearing visors. They, they still wore visors back then. Like a visor tilted to the side. Big chains. I mean, they looked like weird fucking clowns 
with a bad attitude. They were the evil clowns everybody was afraid of. And even though they were so ridiculous, though, I was always fascinated by them because it was like they made a decision to do that. They saw somebody else do that, or they started listening to rap, whatever it is, and they decided, I want to be that. And I kind of respect that because they just did it in full. Like, those guys didn't half-ass it. Like, they started talking in this ridiculous fucking voice. They started dressing like freaking clowns and acting really tough and mean about it. There's something I respect about that. Because who would do that? (laughs) And contrast that with, like, a lot of people when I was growing up did a half-assed version of that. Because everybody was listening to rap by the time I was in junior high. You know, the grunge boom had blown up like a shotgun blast, literally. And as a result, at least in the Seattle area, but I think this was national, just everybody was listening to rap and R&B all the time. The popular kids, the mainstream, just became very rap-influenced. And so every fucking person in my school kind of started talking that way. They would, they would show little signs of it. Like even cheerleaders, even popular girls who came from rich homes and bleached their hair and got fake tans. Like even they kind of talked like wiggers and kind of pretended like they had this prison logic. Like they kind of pretended like they obeyed like some code not to snitch. And that was always way more insulting to me. Like the guys who were the full-on wiggers never bothered me. Because there was so much commitment. Like they committed to that. It was the people who just kind of half-assed it. Who would, you know, play, uh, you know, rap in their car. And be like, that's tight. Oh, dude, don't snitch, dude. It was the people who just kind of talked that way some of the time that I found so insulting because they weren't willing to commit to it and be full-on wiggers. Whereas the wiggers were were willing to literally ruin their lives because a lot of those people never made anything of themselves. And you still see them today. Like, that's something I wouldn't have been able to predict. Not that I predicted the opposite, but something I never would have been able to predict is that so many of the fucking wiggers are still wiggers and they're like 40 years old. That's crazy. That's commitment. And I started to notice that it wasn't uh, going away. Probably in my late 20s, I started to see people around town. And this was a joke I made at the time, which was like, wiggers pushing strollers. Like, I started to see wigger dudes, like, still dressed like full-on wiggers obviously in some sort of unhappy relationship. Like, they'd be slowly pushing a stroller dressed like a wigger with their baby in it. And the baby wasn't dressed like one. And they, they, their girlfriend or their wife would be with them, and they'd, they'd look so unhappy. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, they, they, they're starting families, and they're still doing it. This isn't going away. They still talk that way. They never, they committed so hard to that persona that it just changed who they were forever. 
and uh what we've seen since then though like kind of like how there were those people in school who never fully committed they just kind of listened to rap and they just kind of talked a little bit that way some of the time just like these half-assed or quarter-assed versions of nerds and hipsters and all that have kind of just become the new normal they've just kind of entered our society they've just entered this melting pot that's a part of our mainstream culture now that's that's true for wiggers you know where that's just a part of things now too and that's not new like you could see that some years back I noticed that every fucking person, not every person, but like so many people I knew, like peers, even if I just popped online, like the way that people talked online, on social media, on text messages, they would all use this sort of ebonic speak. Even people who wouldn't do that in person, even people who didn't use that sort of language, that way of talking in person, I noticed that like when they would send text messages or type things online they would talk like they're kind of black and I was just like that's so weird they're all doing that and you know it, it goes along too with just like the rap thing never ended like just like going to junior high and realizing that oh shit like rap and R&B is what people are into that never ended like you rarely, like if you hear somebody cranking non-rap music, you look at them and it's like either a guy driving a truck who's 45 years old, or it's like a mom listening to like Britney Spears or something, you know? Nine times out of 10, if you hear someone blasting music, they're blasting rap. So it's like that phase never ended. Like that just became like what people listen to, like what you hear. It became like music. I mean, that's that's honestly what rap is to me. And I have no problem with rap. I'm not one of these people who hates rap or anything. But it became kind of this this form of music. It became like elevator music where you just you hear it everywhere you go. And it doesn't have, it doesn't feel like anything. It's just there. And what got me thinking about this is, you know, on my walk, I walked by this gas station and there was these, this group of kids, probably in their early 20s, I would guess. It's hard to tell anymore, but probably late teens, early 20s. And they had a Jeep, like a Jeep Cherokee with like all the doors open at the, they were at the pump, but all the doors were open. And they were at the gas station just playing this music so fucking loud. Like just blasting, like the bass, like they had, a, they had a sub, a sub. And they were just blasting it like so insanely loud. And, you know, in addition to like the loud throbbing bass, like what the music basically was, was like a, a black teenager talking. And that's a lot of what you hear. Like, a lot of the music that I hear coming from people's cars, especially younger people, it sounds like... The music sounds very digital, of course, because it is. And then it just sounds like, like a black teenager talking through effects. And I'm not saying that in the way that old people are like, rap is just people talking. 
That's what old people used to say. They'd be like, rap, I, who wants to listen to just somebody talking? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this just is literally, it's, it's not rap. It's not, it's not, a, it's not somebody actually rapping. It literally just sounds like a black teenager trying to pump up his self-esteem. And that kind of plays into it too, because it's like a lot of this music, it's all really, uh, it's all very narcissistic, which, oh well, you know, I, I don't really, I don't have the, the same adverse reaction to just narcissism that other people do. I'm aware of it, but it doesn't really bother me. Like when other people feel like they're coming into contact with narcissism, like, oh, everything's so narcissistic these days. Where narcissism on its own, especially in like music or art, doesn't really bother me because creativity is so inherently narcissistic and there's so much false humility to it that I actually prefer if it's just narcissistic up front. Not that I listen to that, but just like. I'd rather know that, that the person is being narcissistic than have to deal with like all of the false humility that you find in art, because that's actually more narcissistic. False humility to me is more narcissistic than upfront narcissism. But it doesn't change the fact that, you know, all this stuff is narcissistic. But a lot of it is very like it sounds like self-esteem boosting. I mean it's it's like it's all pretty much like I'm the best. Nobody can step to me. I'm at the top of the charts. You know, it, 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 the themes are all always, it's always what you hear. And people quote that shit. Like, I, I randomly, like, looked at some girl's Twitter page the other day. I don't even know who she was. I'm trying to think of who it even was and why I was looking at it. I, was, I don't think it was a Twitter page. It was like some girl's like profile. I don't know what it was, but some site where people post things. Some social media or site. And I didn't know her. I had no connection to her. I just randomly looked at it. And it was all like quoting rap lyrics. Like every time she would post a picture, it would be like these self-esteem boosting... Uh, there's a loud car. It would always be like these self-esteem boosting lyrics... And, like, they're always very narcissistic, though. Like, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't come up with a better example than that. But, uh... That, people seem to respond to that. Like, people seem to respond to that. And, and it's a good example of what I mean, too. Because this was just some girl. Like, she had... You know, she, she had, like, dyed pink hair. She was pretty. And she had, like... She was, like, a girl who, who has, like, dyed pink hair and wears yoga pants or something. And, but like, but like her, her online persona was like a half-assed or a quarter-assed wigger sort of way of expressing yourself. Like everything she said was like a quote from a rap song. And that's normal. Like that's not weird. That is what normal people have been doing for 15 years. That's what people do all the time. And uh, so it wasn't weird at all because I've seen that a million times over. But it's a great example of what I'm talking about where, like, young people today are not full-on wiggers. Like, you don't see young people take that on. Like, these guys at the gas station were kind of like that, but they were almost animalistic. They were just, like, they were jabbering back and forth with each other as this insanely loud music played. Like, they were at the pump. 
Like they're blasting music at the pump to the point where like I was 15, 20 feet away and it was freaking loud even to me. So it was a performance. It was, they wanted to subject other people to it, which is a big part of blasting music in cars. You know, it's not about your own enjoyment ever. It's never about your own enjoyment when you play things that loud. It's an expression. You want to subject other people to it. It, it, it truly is like, look at me. And so that's what they were doing at the pump. And I was listening to them jabber back and forth. And uh, it was just, it was gibberish. The jabber was gibberish. Because like you could tell they couldn't even hear what the other person was saying. Maybe they were fucked up. You can't even tell what those people, like, you can't tell if those people are drunk on drugs or just how they normally operate. They were just like these, uh, you know, young white men, what we call young white men. But, you know, the way they sounded and everything was like, uh, it, it was just total nonsense coming out. Just total nonsense. It was, it was kind of incredible because, like, I could tell... Like, what they reminded me of, what they looked like... They almost looked like the weasels from Roger Rabbit. Like, they're, they're like... The, like, the shape of their bodies and heads reminded me of the weasels from Roger Rabbit. And they probably talked like that, too. Like, there's... Especially, like, there's the one... There's the weasel in Roger Rabbit who's extra retarded. And they came across like that guy. Like, they all came across like that guy. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, man, yeah, that, that's something you see every day. Like, I'm not highlighting these kids I saw because it's abnormal. I'm highlighting them because it's totally normal to be that way. But yet these guys aren't fully committed to the wigger thing. Because people just, young people don't do that anymore. Like, all of the elements of that have just permeated everything. So that, like, what I saw tonight... Like, these kids were a little extra scuzzy. I would say something came across, like, a little extra scuzzy or scummy about these kids. I mean, they're hanging out at a gas station at the pump blasting music. So they were a little extra something. But they still kind of blend in with their peers. And uh, it just made me realize, I was like, oh yeah, you know, in addition to these other things that used to be like somewhat unique, not maybe not unique, but they used to be distinct. I think that's a better way of putting it. They used to be distinct. They've just become, they've melted, they've, they've entered that melting pot and it's just kind of our culture now. And, and that's what I can say about these other things from the past. Like, when somebody identified somebody as a hipster, whatever that meant to them, it was still somebody who was, you know, trying to emulate something else. It was never something cool. It was never something admirable. It was never something truly unique. But it was distinct. Like, you could see a person like that and be like, okay, I know what that corresponds to. I know what that person kind of does. 
Same thing for like if somebody was nerdy. Because there's a, it's a level of commitment. And kind of with like the nerds. Like when I was growing up, that was the era where real nerds, like kids who were obsessed with video games and spent too much time online, they always had a bottle of Code Red Mountain Dew with them. They loved Code Red Mountain Dew for some reason. And they would wear, you know, like a like one of those Walmart dragon shirts. They would wear one of those like button-up shirts unbuttoned with like Walmart dragons and like shorts. And like there was never anything cool about that. Like today, like when when people in 2012, 2013 were like, I'm a nerd. They weren't wearing those shirts. They didn't look like these kids. They didn't commit to it. Like, I, I, there's something like... It's very much like the Wiggers who committed to it. Like, it was ridiculous. But with those nerds who were truly nerdy, it was like they fully committed to it. And then I, I was a little bit... You know, it was, it was definitely after my time that those same kids started wearing the little trilby hats. What people call fedoras, but they're actually trilbies. <laughs> Which I think I, I think it's worth making that distinction because trilby is such a stupid word that it fits even better. So like you'd see these kids a few years after my time. Like I never saw that in high school. I didn't start seeing that until I was an adult. But like you'd see one of those kids who'd be wearing this like clashing outfit. Like, they weren't like those nerds. Like, I went to college with a kid, and I mentioned him before. I didn't know him, but I would see him around campus all the time. And he was, like, one of those nerdy guys who had decided that his persona was going to be, like, an old-timey guy. So he would wear, like, a three-piece tweed suit from, like, 1920 with a pocket watch and a bowler hat. But he had, like, long, nasty hair and a goatee. Which, like, nobody in 19... You know, nobody in the 1920s is going to look like that. Like, the old-timey guy... And he would say things, too, like, like, top of the morning to you. Like, he would use old-timey phrases. Because he was, like... He's one of those guys who was just like, oh, you know... Things were better in the past. It's almost a version of steampunk, but instead of, like, steampunk... As this, like, science fiction thing, whatever it is... It was more just like, I'm going to do everything that an old-timey gentleman would do. I'm going to dress like one. I'm going to have a pocket watch. I'm going to adorn myself like one. I'm going to talk like one. But the reality is, if a guy like that went back to 1920, he's going to run into these, like, Wall Street brokers who dress like him, but are actually alpha males who think he's a total fucking idiot. You know, like, like people who do that, <laughs> this is a judgmental episode, but people who do that, who like try to take on like the personality of the past, like they would never be accepted by the thing they're trying to be. Like that kid from my college, like he wouldn't go back to the 1920s and all of the old timey gentlemen who are members of like these fraternal societies and just doing what's current. Like they would never look at him and be like, you're one of us. You're a gentleman just like us. Top of the morning. You know, they would never say that to him. Like, the equivalent of those guys today are like the jock alpha males who that kid probably hated. 
That's the funny thing about it. It's like somebody who, who takes on like a rockabilly greaser persona. Like if that person actually went back to the 1950s and met real greasers, they would get stabbed with a switchblade and have their car stolen. That's what's always funny about because that's what because what those people are they're larpers. And like anytime you think that you're capturing the essence of something of a certain type of person from the past, I can guarantee you, you're not that type of person. Those people were doing something current. And if you're trying to be them 60, 70, 80 years later, I can guarantee you, you're not like them. But, uh, I don't know, it's interesting like the way certain things just kind of enter this melting pot of culture. Hear those loud frogs? That's what we call loud frogs. But like when you enter this, like when, when things enter this melting pot of culture, usually the things that enter that are already kind of half-assed to begin with. Like, like being a hipster, being a nerd, being a wigger. They were already these things that were not cool to begin with. But then when they enter into just like per, the perpetual, I don't even know, like when they just kind of enter um, this indefinite culture that never ends, it's like they become that much more, they, they become that much worse. And it just kind of becomes the new normal. And it doesn't mean as much. Because that's the thing, like, like when somebody was a wigger 25 years ago, 20 years ago, they would, um, it, 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 it's not that it meant something meaningful, but like you, it was a total package. Like you kind of knew what went along with that. Like you knew that was a bad kid. Whereas now when you see like echoes of that, which are everywhere, it doesn't mean anything. It's just somebody who's taken on like new slang here and there. It's somebody who blasts rap in their car, but it doesn't, it, nothing goes along with it. Like wiggers were emulating black gangsters. And so they kind of tried to embody that in their own way, as stupid as it was. Like, hipsters were trying to emulate people who had been at the cutting edge of underground culture. But they sucked at it. I don't know what nerds are trying to do. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what real nerds are even trying to do. Maybe nothing. But what came after, like that half-assed, like, pop nerd-dumb, like the, the land of Funko Pops, like, that's a very poor emulation of what nerds were actually like. So maybe that's more of what I'm talking about when it comes to them. But it's what we see happen, and it's just the world we live in now. And it's nothing to be proud of. I don't mean to be down on everything, but it's just the world we live in now. And we don't have enough stuff emerging to displace that. Like, we don't have anything that is emerging that really displaces that. 
So it's like, what is there to even be proud of? I mean, yourself. But that's all the that's the illusion, though, too. That's why you can't get caught up in it. That's why you can't let it weigh you down. But it's like we can at least want our illusions to be noble. You can at least want your illusions to be respectable. But when things enter this sort of like melting pot of pop culture, they often become anything but respectable. Because even if they come from something absurd, like being a wigger, there's something respectable about the commitment to that. So you end up with all of the absurdity, all of the ugliness of these things, but when they enter into this permanent pop culture, they don't even have the commitment because it's so easy to be that way. Like if you talk to your friends in Ebonics, you don't even have to commit to that because everybody does it. Like you don't even have to take on, that doesn't even have to be a part of your persona or your daily life. You can just text your friends using Ebonics and they'll text you back that way. And there's no commitment to that. <laughs> so, uh, just another thought about all that. Like, it, it's, a, it's non-committal. You don't have to double down on anything. You just, uh, it's just this, this non-committal melting pot of the worst parts of yesterday's culture. Where do we go from here? Oh yeah, and I hit stop, but I do have another angle to add. Because I, whenever I talk about wiggers, I also talk about punks. Because it was like, when I was growing up, it was almost like there was a fork in the road. Where if you wanted to be a little bit different, you hit this fork in the road where you could either be a wigger or a punk rocker. Whatever that was in 1999. And those are things that, you know, kind of like some people never really outgrew the wigger thing. We can see where some people never really outgrew the punk thing. They've kind of stayed in, in that persona. But how that persona has also just become this half-assed part of the pop culture melting pot. Where everybody has like a little bit of a punk quality. And you can see that with liberals in particular, not to get political about it. But uh, you see it in things like Antifa and during summer 2020 when mainstream liberals all had a little bit of Antifa in them, just a little bit, I'm not saying they all were, but they all started kind of taking on similar slogans and we can, we can see where that fashion, like it used to be where if you saw somebody who had a kind of a, a punk fashion, you could at least tell, yeah, they were posers, but it's like, you could tell that they were going for something. Like, there was a level of commitment. But how now, like, in our mainstream society, huge amounts of people are just a little bit punk. Like, in the same way that just the average kid talks in Ebonics on the internet and uses, you know, phrases that they hear in rap songs. Everybody has, like, a little bit of punk in them, too. 
<laughs> and I mean, I, I was talking the other night about just like like the amount of people who dye their hair, and just the sheer number of people, at least where I live, who dye their hair unnatural colors, and how it means nothing. Like the only thing it means is that you can assume pretty much every single one of their beliefs, every single one of their political beliefs. But how it really has no meaning as far as like it doesn't show that they're interested in anything cool. It doesn't show that they've invested themselves in any unique niche interest. It just kind of means nothing except some sort of political alignment, some sort of social political alignment. And I wish I could be nicer about it. I wish I could give it more of a benefit of the doubt than that. But at this point, that's just what it is. But it also doesn't represent any real commitment to anything. Like, somebody can do that, and it's not going to cause them any social trouble. Like, yeah, people like me are going to assume something about what they believe in politically, and probably be right. But it's not really a detriment to getting a job. You're not going to be ostracized for doing that. You're just part of the mainstream cultural melting pot. You're a fairly normal type of person in today's society if you do that. But it kind of plays into what I'm saying, which is that like tons of people, not everybody, but a significant amount of the population now, at least in America, is a little bit punk. But in this very non-committal way. Like it says nothing about what you're actually interested in. It says nothing about what you listen to. You've just kind of taken on the most superficial aspects of that. And not even in the way that a poser did 30 or 40 years ago. You're not even as committed as a poser was. Because one thing I can say about posers, and I never used that term back in the day. Like back when that term was more, <laughs> was more relevant, I never ever used it. Just like I never used the, the term hipster back when it was... People were like, "Is it? what's a hipster? Is that a hipster? Oh, you're, you're such a hipster. I never used it back then. I'm just using it because it's... People know what I'm talking about if I use it now. But it's like, what does that say about our culture today? That even the posers of yesterday were more committed to these things than people are now. What does it say that even the posers were more committed than you are. It says that you can just, you know, it's, it's just all this stuff is just swimming around in this void of nothingness. And you can just adorn yourselves. But it's always cheap. It always looks cheap. This is something Miles and I have talked about. Like, where you can see somebody who is doing something that you might not like, like, you might not even like that general type of person, but you respect, like, you, you can tell if they're doing it well. And the example I would use is, like, someone wearing a leather jacket. Like, for a while I was seeing this group of kids who go to the college here. I was seeing them every time I left the house. And two of them featured very prominently in what happened at Evergreen in 2017 like all the videos about evergreen two of them they're very distinctive i'm gonna leave it at that but two of them feature very very prominently in what happened at evergreen 
and they had this kind of posse that they would hang out with and i would see them they lived in my area like my not just my town but they lived in the same general neighborhood i live in and so i would see them when i would just be driving to the store or going anywhere and there was this girl who would always be with them and she was like this little probably 19 i guess probably 19 years old like a college freshman look and she had like short dyed green hair black frame glasses and she would always be wearing this leather jacket and miles and i have been talking about leather jackets for like 20 years because it's always such like a when someone buys a leather jacket they are so conscious of it like very few people can just naturally buy a leather jacket and have it look right some people do but i was telling miles i was like yeah i keep seeing this that group of people around and there's this girl and like the leather jacket just doesn't look right like you know it looks like it looks like she pulled it out of a cartoon and put it on and it's still animated <laughs> like like it, like it still like looks like a cartoon leather jacket because it just doesn't belong on her and you can tell that it's like the, and i'm not trying to be mean here but you can just tell that it's like she was very conscious of the fact that like she wanted to be the type of person that wears a leather jacket <laughs> And when I described that to Miles, he was like, yeah, it sounds like the leather jacket's wearing her. <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect. That's perfect. The leather jacket is wearing her. She's not wearing the leather jacket. It's wearing her. And uh, why am I going on about this girl? I guess it's just, it's, it's, uh... But what's funny about that is it's like, that's normal. Like, I see people like that everywhere. Maybe part of it's where I live, but I see people like that everywhere. Well, the reason I started going on about that is because Miles and I have talked about this forever. Just like how some people, they'll pull it off. Like some people might buy a leather jacket for the first time and you see them out and about and you're like, well, that person, it belongs on that person. Not that it says anything about who they are, but it's just like some people can pull certain things off. It, in the same way that not everybody can pull off the same haircut. You know, there's people, there's girls where if like they get their hair cut, it doesn't look good. Whereas like another girl gets the same haircut and like she has the facial structure to pull it off. You know, it's like, it's the same for you. Like you have a sense, like every, like everybody who's a living human being knows what it means to get a bad haircut. Not because the hairdresser sucked at what they were doing, although that can happen. But because like sometimes you've gotten a haircut in your life especially when you're growing up and you're figuring things out and you're like, oh fuck, like this is not the haircut for me. And I have to fucking wear this now. And it's funny because it's, it's just something we all know. Like I had a boss who got a haircut. Like he tried to get this like high and tight, like drill sergeant haircut. And it looked, he looked like Forrest Gump. And that's what people started saying behind his back. But what was funny is you could tell that he knew. Like, you could tell he had this... Because there was this little phase where, like, guys were getting haircuts like that. Guys, you know, guys who weren't tough. Guys who would never get, like, a high and tight military cadet haircut. But just, like, there was a phase a few years back where, like, a bunch of guys started getting that haircut. Because, like, they probably saw a guy who pulled it off. And they were like, oh, I can do that. But this boss of mine, he got that haircut... 
and it looked so fucking stupid. Like, I noticed it right away. Like, when he walked in, I noticed it. And then somebody, like, sent me a message or something, and they were like, dude, dude did you look at his hair? <laughs> People are so mean, but it's, you got to get a little relief, you know? You got you to gotta have a little fun at your boss's expense. But somebody messaged me, and they were like, dude, did you notice his haircut? Like, everybody's talking about it. And, like, I remember, like, seeing him sitting there at his desk, and, like, you could psychically sense that he knew how stupid he looked. Like, he did not have the right head shape. I think his hair, his, well, his hair was definitely thinning. And he, he was always talking about how he was balding. And he was like one of those guys who's balding and is always like letting you know, which, you know, you do. We all do it. Balding men do that sometimes. But you could tell with him, it was like he was, he was like coming to terms with it. So he couldn't stop thinking about it. You could tell like every time he looked in the mirror, he was thinking about his hair because he's balding. And so he probably thought, this is me re really reading into his mind, but I, I did kind of read his mind all the time. But you could tell, like, he probably thought, like, getting, like, a high and tight haircut would be a way of, like, pulling off the balding look. But it just made it even more stupid. Made it even more stupid. But, like, what was amazing is, like, you could just sense, you could, you could feel his discomfort. And he probably came in the next day wearing a hat. Because he was also one of those guys who were, like, like, somebody made a joke, I can't take credit for it, but somebody made a joke about how those, like, I don't even know what they're called, they're almost, they're not golf caps, but they're like those, um, I think everybody knows, they're like those flat caps that, like, they're old-timey, it's another example of those old-timey, people wearing old-timey things. They're, they're kind of like golf caps, I don't know what they're actually called, everybody knows, but somebody referred to those as... It's like where they're like they're flat on top and like the top of it like merges with the brim. And it goes like kind of, it sticks out from your face a little bit. Uh, you know you know what I mean. But somebody referred to those as like part of the bald man's uniform. Like there's something about guys when they go bald, they buy that hat. And it's so true. Or like men who are balding also wear that hat a lot. Because you can actually wear it with like a suit. Because it's old-timey, you can wear it with a suit, but then you can also wear it casually. It's like a little rascal's hat. Bill Burr made that joke. Because Joe Rogan, he's a perfect example. Like, years ago, Joe Rogan used to wear those types of hats all the time. Because guess what? Joe Rogan had gone bald, case in point. And Bill Burr, who's a baldman, he's a baldman himself, but doesn't wear hats. He made a joke where, like, Joe Rogan was wearing that, and he goes, What are you, on Little Rascals? And it was really funny. And Joe Rogan never wore that hat again. That's why I like Bill Burr. It's like he's just like, What do you think you are, on, on Little Rascals or something? And Joe Rogan, you could tell, like, that was just the arrow right into his heart. And he never wore that hat ever again. Never wore his Little Rascals hat. That's what it should be called, just a Little Rascals hat. But there's something where, like, balding men found that hat and were like, hey, this is a, I can pull this off. This is a way of, like, kind of cheating the system in some way. But somebody else made a joke. I don't remember who. Maybe a lot of people. Because I think a lot of people have made this observation. that Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's part of the bald man's uniform is to wear one of those hats. 
because it looks very it looks almost dignified but it's also really stupid looking <laughs> you know like if you actually look at it it's like this weird little flat cap that just kind of goes over your head it's like people who want to look european or something too but uh yeah, it was just like talking about the bad haircut thing. It was like it was so funny because it was like this boss came in with his high and tight haircut, and, and everybody immediately recognized that it was a bad haircut. And he did too. Like you could sense that he knew he had made a mistake, and we all know that. Like I've I've been that person as well, where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a bad haircut. There's not any one reason. It's not that the hairdresser screwed up. It's not that other people can't pull this off. It's just like, oh yeah, this is a bad haircut. This doesn't work for me. For some people, that's clothes. And it goes along with just entire like fashion identities as well. Like some people, like I don't particularly think punks look cool. But some people can do that and it fits. Like, it molds with them. It doesn't wear them. Some people can buy a leather jacket, and you're just like, oh, yeah, they're wearing a leather jacket. They might be every bit as conscious as somebody else who buys it, but it just kind of molds to them. Whereas you could be like that girl that I used to see around town, and I'm just like, man, that leather jacket is dragging her along. It looks like it came out of a cartoon screen. It's unnatural. What got me going on that is just that, like, in the same way that mainstream pop culture and the people who make make that what it is, it's like they're a little bit hip, they're a little bit hipsters, a little bit nerds, a little bit wiggers, a little bit punks. Probably some other things I'm not thinking of. But it's weird to see that develop. It's weird to see how those things just get like more and more diminished, but more and more normal. Not that they were even cool to begin with. But at least they represented some kind of commitment. At least they represented like someone emulating an identity. Because now they're not emulating anything. They're just kind of swimming in the same pit as everything else. And... What even is there to emulate? Because you can't emulate the past. Because just like I was talking about that kid from my college who was trying to be an old-timey gentleman in a three-piece suit he probably bought on the internet, carrying a pocket watch, which he would check in front of everybody. Because if you get a pocket watch with your vest and three-piece suit and you want to check the time... You do it, it's a performance. Because I would see that guy around campus and he'd like, he'd pull out his pocket watch in front of crowds of people who don't even give a shit. But it's like he wants people to know that he has a pocket watch. It's like back in the 90s, I had a wallet chain for a little while, like a lot of people did. It was a cool thing to have. And you know, you want people to notice it. 
You don't have that wallet chain just so somebody doesn't steal your wallet, even though that's the function. You want people to know that you have a wallet chain. If you're the kind of guy who in 2005 is going around with a pocket watch and a three-piece suit and a bowler hat saying, my lady, when you check the time on your pocket watch, you want to make sure that people see you doing that. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing now. I wonder if he's still committed to that. I mean, at least in his case, that's, it takes commitment to do that, even though it's stupid. You know it's stupid. But, uh, you know, you can see it also where, like I mentioned before, like there's a certain type of guy who's never been in the military, who's never done anything tough. They're not a warrior. But they, they start going to the gym and they take on this sort of warrior mentality. And they start, they've kind of convinced themselves they're that. You, you see this, there's a certain type of guy that, I don't know if they're still doing what they were doing, but people were referring to them as like right-wing bodybuilders. It was a certain sort of guy, usually in his 20s or early 30s, who had taken on like, like he reads philosophy and he goes to the gym and he's become this like young right-wing bodybuilder. And like those guys get into this this mindset like they're the same thing that ancient warriors were. And it's like just like if the old-timey kid from my college actually went back to the 1920s, the old-timey gentlemen back then who were just totally normal gentlemen would probably fucking hate him. He would probably hate them. Like if these right-wing bodybuilder kids went back and actually met ancient warriors who they're trying to emulate, those ancient warriors would just like slice their head off in one clean stroke. They're like, oh, you read Nietzsche, who's not even around yet. Oh, this is philosophical to you? Here's some philosophy for you. Oh, you, you take photos of yourself after you go to the gym? You take mirror photos of yourself to show off your muscles? Here's what we use our muscles for. Slice. And that's the funny thing about emulation. Like, when you're trying to emulate something, you never actually capture it. You can't. No way. There's no way to do that. But we've entered a point now where it's like we're not even emulating anything in most cases. You're lucky if you have something to emulate. You're lucky if you're emulating something because uh, the alternative is just that pit. That pit of like quarter-assed versions of things that came and went years and years ago. I'm a little bit punk. I'm a little bit nerd. I'm a little bit of a wigger. Doesn't that describe a lot of people you know? <laughs> doesn't that, seriously, doesn't that describe a lot of people you know these days? I see them all over. And it's fun. I have to say, you know, despite, <laughs> despite how much it sucks, at least it's fun.
This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave, this golden land to me. And when the morning sun reveals her hills and plains, I see a land where children can run free. So take.